If you're well into your career and wondering, is it too late to be your own boss and run your own business? You are going to love today's guest. He's been called the midlife entrepreneur expert. He's Mr. Bill Seagraves. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Brought to you by Business MO, LLC. Bill Seagraves helps mature employees reinvent themselves as entrepreneurs. He's an author, serial entrepreneur himself, and a business coach with more than 20 years of experience as an entrepreneur and business funding expert. Bill's own career has really been a very interesting journey. He started in the corporate world in a product development and sales manager role, and then recognized that he was really an entrepreneur at heart. So he bought a small business and then engineered a successful exit after eight years and went on to co-found another company dedicated to providing 401k funding and other lending services. Building on his past experiences, he now pursues a broader business vision, one that includes not only funding, but also entrepreneurial education. And he does it through his current business, Catch Fire Funding. He's also the author of Be Your Best Boss, Reinvent Yourself from Employee to Entrepreneur. So it is such a treat to have someone with us today who has helped thousands of aspiring business owners like you make the leap from corporate America to business ownership. Let's bring him on now. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Bill. Hi, Hannah. Uh, Thank you for having me on. It is wonderful to have you on. You have such a fascinating background. You know, in your own journey, I am curious, what happened? Was there some defining moment that made you realize, gee, I'd rather just work for myself. I'd rather be in business for myself. Well, I don't know that I can point to a, a specific defining moment. Um, I was in a fortunate situation. Many of the, the folks that I have the opportunity to meet and, and connect and consult with, um, you know, they've... Um, reached a point in their career where there's a very specific pivot. But in my situation, it was, you know, I, I think the pivot was really around a relocation of my family. I'd grown up in the Rocky Mountain areas. I'd moved to California for early career purposes. But my wife had got transferred back into uh, the Denver sales office for her employer. I had the opportunity to uh, move my family, reevaluate where I was at from a business uh, or from a career perspective. And it was really that event that gave me the opportunity to at least look at business ownership as an alternative to the typical corporate career. And I chose to go down that path um, in my mid-30s. It was, uh, from a time frame perspective, it was the mid-90s. Interesting, interesting. Because, you know, they are very different paths in terms of expectations and, you know, what you should be doing, the, the corporate path versus the entrepreneurial path. And when somebody wants to make the jump, how do they know if they're ready? I think their, their situation really defines that. Um, as I have the opportunity to consult with these folks, they came, they're coming to a point where um, – so sometimes it's that they, they've completed their corporate career, and now they're ready to move on to the next phase. It, it could be retirement in the sense of the very traditional relaxed, focused retirement. But for many people today, they're not ready to be out of the, the business game, so to speak. Um, so people are going into business ownership as a, a second act. Uh, other folks are reaching this point and finding that their career is no longer fulfilling, and they're looking to uh, pivot into something that 
that gives them more of the lifestyle um, and uh, the ability to, to serve. I, I, I hear that word quite frequently from my clients. Uh, you know, it, it could be that the teacher that now wants to go into uh, a business providing after-school arts and, and, and sciences or, or STEM-type um, education. They, so they, they, they see themselves continuing what they want to do, but they're doing it from a passion perspective. So there's more energy and enthusiasm associated with it. Is that right? It is. Uh, and I, I truly think that um, to be a successful business owner, you have to have that energy and enthusiasm. So getting behind a business that provides that is, is an important aspect of choosing the right business. Definitely. Definitely. Now, I've read some of your work, and I've uh, seen that you've written that age is an advantage to entrepreneurship. And that seems kind of inconsistent with what we see in the news so much about these very young, you know, college dropouts, so folks that don't even go to college. They're, they're starting in high school, and they're starting these businesses, and they just go wild and have these huge buyouts and funding and venture capitalists and all that, that happy stuff. But you say age is an advantage, Let's talk about that. Sure. Well, I, I think what you see in the news um, is a relatively very small percentage of the folks uh, that have success. Certainly, there, there's people that are successful early in life. There's people that are successful in midlife, and there's some very successful business owners. Um, you know, the, the Ray Crocs um, with McDonald's and, and um, Colonel Sanders with Kentucky Fried Chicken. You, you, you read their stories, and they were business owners that struggled all the way up until their late 50s or even early 60s before they became successful. So there's, there's two, um, two different sides of the spectrum. I think what I'm trying to communicate by age as an advantage is um, – so it, it could be – your life experiences, but more likely it's your career experiences. And if you've dedicated yourself 10, 15, 20 years in a corporate world, you likely, through your employer, have gone through specific trainings to manage monies, people, resources. And that career experience will really benefit you from a business ownership experience. Running a business is not a lot different than running a small work group inside a, a division, um, inside a large corporation. It, you, you can really um, – much of the, uh, those skills uh, are transferable uh, to an entrepreneurial setting. Well, that's good to know because I think sometimes folks in the corporate world realize, well, there are all these departments here and these people that I can count on. You know, now I might have to do it all myself I'm curious as to what do you think is the better route if you're sort of mid-career and want to make the change to entrepreneurship? Would you recommend buying an existing business, a franchise, or starting something from scratch? Everybody's situation is different. I don't know if there's a right choice, but you can certainly, we can certainly talk about uh, the different paths. Starting a business later in career, um, you really have to come to the table with an, an idea of what that product's going to be, what the market's going to be, and be on a, a fast track for introducing it to the, um, the audience. Mid-career entrepreneurs have uh, less time to be successful than a 20-year year old, if that makes sense. Um, most people are looking to do this for the next five or 10 years, and you can't spend three or four or five years in product development and roll it out and, and expect to achieve your dreams in, in the next few years after that. So many mid-career entrepreneurs will either go down the path of uh, buying an existing business 
or buying a franchise because that short circuits the time frame. They can, if you buy an existing business, you're effectively in business generating revenues uh, um, on day one. Um, the downside to buying an existing business is you're paying a premium to somebody else that they've um, they, they've developed the business, they've put the processes in, in place, and you're, you're paying them a premium so that you can step into their shoes and day one have cash flow. That, that works for a lot of people. Um, my first business was a, a business acquisition. The other option is to buy into a franchise. So it's going to be a brand new business. You're an independent business owner but you have an existing product, existing process, existing marketing systems. Plus, there's also a community of other independent business owners that are in, um, you know, selling the same product through the franchise system. So you're not one, – one of the pros of that is you're not in it by yourself. I talk in the book about how um, being a business owner at some level can be somewhat of an isolating deal people find themselves lonely um because they're um you know they're they're the one having to make all the decisions there's not really an, another level above them that they can go to for support and guidance and things along those lines so the franchise is a bit of a community of like-minded business owners that can be a benefit well, that sounds good, and I, I like the way you've sort of grouped them and the pros and cons between them, and especially as compared to starting something from total ground zero. But, you know, when somebody is more midlife, they tend to have more bills associated with their day-to-day -day living. There could be car payments and kids getting ready to go off to college and mortgage payments that maybe a 20-year-old doesn't have yet. So when it comes to funding, large, small startups – Entrepreneurs are very vulnerable because they're not really generating that much revenue at the beginning, even a franchise. You know, they're at a new location, and it may take a couple months before they can even start drawing their own salary. So what are the options that will let them sleep at night? Well, Hannah, I, I certainly agree that the, um, the, the financial questions are an important um, set of things that you're looking for the answer for and, and coming up with adequate funding to whether you're going to start a business, buy a business, or buy a franchise, uh, making sure that you have those resources to bridge that startup period, both um, the business resources that you need plus the personal financial resources that you need is an important question. So when people are looking at what resources might be available, certainly um, personal savings comes into play um, home equity, and, and, and that's becoming a bit more popular. That, that was one of the go-to resources in, in the mid-2000s prior to the most recent uh, uh, economic downturn where people would just get a line of credit on their homes, and, and there was plenty of equity. But uh, housing prices uh, went down. The, the reality of banks uh, lending on those went uh, substantially down. So that kind of went off the table for uh, quite a few years there. But that's continuing to come back as the economy continues to grow. That becomes a, a part of the puzzle. Um, SBA loans are, are certainly out there. They're, um, we're seeing more and more of those, but I wouldn't say that it's gotten back to the uh, lending level that it was prior to the recession. From our perspective, we certainly help people, and this may be a, something that's lesser known, but being able to direct your retirement dollars, your IRA, 401k, um, 
403B, $457 towards a business is a, a program that we help people with on a, a normal basis. So those, those are kind of the, the four or five areas that people look at. There's some other areas like stocks and bonds and things along those lines that we can um, certainly help people understand how to leverage. But did, did that answer your question? Yeah, I think it is. But I, I think our audience, I know I am more <laughs> also interested in finding out a little bit this this IRA option, the 401k option. How does that work for being able to fund your own entrepreneurship? Well, 401ks have a unique proposition. And, um, and, and that proposition is, is as a corporate employee, uh, you can certainly participate in the corporate 401k plan, and you can direct an investment in your company stock. So if you think of how large corporations uh, capitalize in part their business operations, if you work for Apple Computer, participate in the Apple Computer 401k, when you have an account balance in your 401k account, you can uh, direct a portion, up to 100% of those dollars, to be invested in Apple Computer stock. Or if you work for Coca-Cola through the Coca-Cola 401k, you can invest in Coca-Cola stock. So if you can get that context and then apply it to an entrepreneurial level, so an individual as a future employee of his or her business can set up a corporate 401k plan, just like Apple Computer or Coca-Cola, they become participant number one in that plan. They can roll monies from their prior employment or or, or, uh, from their IRA or other qualified retirement accounts into their newly formed 401k plan. And then one of their investment options is going to be their company stock. The, their small business becomes one of the, um, the options. There's, there's certainly very traditional Wall Street-focused investment options also, but for the folks that are looking to capitalize or fund their business, they can direct an investment of those dollars into the corporation. So cash transfers out of the 401k plan into the um, corporate coffers. Those monies can be then used for business purposes. You could pay a franchise fee or buy somebody else's business or um, you know, do uh, product development using those dollars. So it can be used for most any um, business purpose. And in exchange for that, that corporate investment, the retirement plan issues shares of stock back to the plan. So there's been no distributions, no taxes, no penalties associated with the transaction. That's very interesting. And I think that's a unique advantage that a, a corporate track employee has when making the jump to entrepreneurship that someone else doesn't because unless you're working for a large corporation or an organization that has those kinds of retirement plans, you wouldn't have those funds available. So I think that's a unique funding opportunity that a lot of people aren't even aware of. So I appreciate your explaining a little bit about the mechanics. And if somebody was interested in pursuing something like that, they could get in contact with you. Um, They could through our website at catchfirefunding.com. Yeah, and we're going to have a link to that on the episode page. So I think that would be you know, very helpful for people that are at least want to explore the option to learn more about it and see if it's the right fit for them. Now, besides finances and people worrying about the money portion of their new business as they make the transition, what other fears do you find are holding people back? Well, I, I think the number one fear is the, the fear of they don't know what they don't know. And uh, so they're, they're, they're making up fears at some level, um, just kind of projecting out the, the worst case uh, scenario. I think the number one way to fight that fear 
is through a thorough business investigation. So tips that I can provide folks that would help them go through a process. You know, you can kind of peel back the onion type um, analogy to this. You, you know, we talked about do you buy a business by a franchise or, or start a business from scratch? And that's really the first layer of the onion is kind of pull that back and ask um, the critical question of, you know, which one of those paths makes the most sense. And once you've answered that question for yourself, you know, how do you choose uh, amongst the 4,000 plus franchise concepts that are out there? Or how do you find the right business acquisition? That, that, that's one of the biggest challenges of, of finding a business to buy is, you know, what is the appropriate strategy for unearthing what those opportunities might be? Most uh, businesses for sale are being represented through a brokerage situation, kind of like a, a real estate agent, um, but for businesses. And uh, the business brokers are keeping the, the cherry businesses close to the vest, and they're, they're find, trying to find just the right buyer for that deal. Uh, people will spend hours and hours and hours searching uh, online databases um, for businesses for sale, but most of the businesses located on those are uh, not the, the the best businesses to be in. So it becomes a, a matter of becoming buddies with the local business brokers um, so that they know you're out there, what you're looking for, and when the right business opportunity comes on the market, then they know who to call, so to speak, to um, um, you know to market that that business in kind of a private way. That's interesting. It's like this whole secondary market almost, or hidden market, I should say, uh, that you really need to be connected into. And that's about networking and meeting the right people and, and sharing your vision. It is. Interesting. Very Absolutely. interesting. Very interesting. So let's talk about your book, Be Your Best Boss, Reinvent Yourself from Employee to Entrepreneur. What caused you to write that? It, it's a great question, uh, and I think it's really the outcome of the thousands and thousands of conversations I've had over the years. I've been in the business funding uh, area for 12 years. I probably have six or eight phone calls a day um, most days. Uh, so there certainly are some core subjects that I wanted to address and be able to get the, the word out and, and provide roadmaps and checklists and things along those lines to help people with you know some of the, the the procedural things of how do you go about this, but I think the number one reason is I wanted to inspire people to at least consider business ownership as a an alternative i I can see how owning a business can change lives and grow our economy and all of those types of things. I love to meet people, listen to what their dreams and aspirations are i I'm fulfilled when um, they follow through and, 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 and they have some level of success. And you know, I truly see my group of clients as, as you know, an, um, what would be the right word? I want to say outreach, but that's not, but it, but it expands my universe. And, and so that's where my inspiration comes from. And I just saw the book as being one more way to uh, connect with folks and um, share my, uh, my thoughts. And I'm hoping in it, it inspires people to at least consider business ownership as a, a you know a second act in their careers. Well, I applaud that because speaking for myself, I'd made that leap. Well, first very early in my career, then went to the whole corporate 
ladder thing and then went back to it not that long ago, about five, six years ago. So I think that at different stages of your life, you need different things. And there's all kinds of pressures, I think, that feed into why people pursue a corporate path and you know, family expectations, your your peer group, your classmates, the people that you you just network with on a regular basis that are part of your group. But then if there's something nagging inside you, as it was for me, there was just something missing, you need to answer that call because it's so easy to stay in that fur-lined rut to say, well, the salary's good, the benefit's good. It's not that bad. I can put up with it until blah, 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 whatever happens. But, you know, if, if you're grinding your teeth at night to get through Friday, because you can always get through Friday, and Monday morning is, is you're just dragging yourself into the office and you, you put on that smile and it gets harder and harder to keep smiling, but you do because that's yeah. the thing you're supposed to do then maybe you look at other options. And I really applaud the roadmap that you have created here with your book, Be Your Best Boss, because there is something remarkably rewarding and fulfilling in being able to pursue your own vision. So we are definitely going to have a link to your book, Be Your Best Boss, Reinvent Yourself from Employee to Entrepreneur. It'll be on the episode page at businessconfidentialradio.com. So we're starting to run a little bit out of time here, and I was wondering if you had any parting thoughts for our listeners. Hannah, your your last little story there about the Monday morning. Yeah, um, I, I truly did. That, I resonate with that, and and I I wish I had, you and I had had a conversation as I'd write in the book because I would write a chapter about the Monday morning task. And, <laughs> and I read, um, you know, I felt that at some level myself at, at, at times, but I think that that is very representative. You know, if, if you're not motivated to get up, do whatever you're going to do from a career perspective on Monday mornings, and it, that may be the right time to be thinking about doing a pivot in, in your career. Um, and that would be uh, applied to both a corporate situation or a business situation. If you are a business owner and, and Monday mornings are a tough slog, then you're probably in the wrong business. So I, I can see that applying to both sides of the, of the equation. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on with uh, you. I think you're doing great things in the world from a business perspective. And um, so thank you. Well, thank you. Because definitely Monday morning, I mean, I know people that on Sunday afternoon, when they start thinking about what their desk looks like on Monday, start to really have stomach pains. And they can feel their stress level go up, you know, that tightening in the back, and and you just sort of like clench your jaw. Um, and, And that is just, people don't, realize, I think, how much stress they're under because they feel they're supposed to and their own sense of professionalism keeps driving them forward. And it works, but it takes a tremendous toll. So if any of this resonates with you, please think about some of the advice, the tips, the suggestions that Bill has presented. I'm very grateful for his explanation of these financing options, especially this 401k option, which I'm not sure too many people know about. So think about it. Explore it. Nobody says you have to do something today, tomorrow, right away. But as a new year starts, a new quarter starts, a new month starts, you don't get any do-overs. You know, we only have one life to live. Make it your best life and uh, leave a legacy that you can be proud of. And if this is nagging at you, answer that call. There's a reason for it. It's, it's what you're here for. So thank you so much for your time, Bill. I am, am grateful for your advice, your tips, your book. Like I said, we're going to have the links on the episode page at businessconfidentialradio.com. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. 
You can get more information about today's guest and the show notes on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more business information and inside scoop you need to succeed in your business. Till then... 